This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome. Your Saltwater Guide, Captain Dave Hansen, with a phenomenal podcast for you today. It's Friday, special guest Friday, and we're bringing in a very special guest today. I'm super excited to have this man on the show. Anthony Shea is going to be joining us from uh, Team Bad Company and all kinds of other things. We'll talk to Anthony here in a few minutes about all the things he's involved in. There's a lot of really super cool things that Anthony's involved in. But real quick, it's Deckhand Sports Friday. Dave and the gang over at Deckhand Sports have been nice enough to sponsor the shows on Fridays, and we can't say enough about their product. We're going to show a cool little sizzle video here at about the 20-minute mark of the show. I want you all to watch that and see what Dave and the boys at Deckhand Sports have going on over there. They redesigned how the kill bag is supposed to look and work. And it's a pretty cool deal. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Thank you, Dave, for being a part of the show. We really appreciate you supporting your saltwater guide. And uh, gang, don't forget, we have that holiday gift package thing going on here. $350 for a lifetime membership to your saltwater guide. And this is going to go away on January 1st, 2024. And then your saltwater guide's going the prices are jumping up dramatically. I don't know if you've seen what's going on in the world today, but everything else has gone up. So I might as well raise my prices like everybody else. So if you want to get in and not get a bill ever again from me, jump on there and get that gift package from your saltwater guide. Give me a call at 949-374-0786 and I'll take care of you and get you involved in the greatest website ever made for fishermen in Southern California. So, hey, gang, let's get on. Let's get this show going. Let's bring Anthony in here. Elliot, what do you think? Can we bring him in? Anthony, welcome to my show. Captain Dave, how are you, my friend? I am super excited to have you here, buddy. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. I know we tried to do this a couple other times right before War Heroes, but, hey, everything happens when it's supposed to happen. So, yeah, yeah, my apologies, Dave, for taking so long to get put this together, but uh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Oh, and I am super jazzed to have you on the show. So, gang, Anthony is kind of a, a, a enigma, if you will. He's a self-made man, but he started out in the industry just like me, Steve Lasley, Pete Grosbeck, Todd Manter. We all started out working on sport boats when we were little kids, and a lot of people don't know that about you, Anthony, and so I think it's super important to let everybody know because, man, that's how we all learned our work ethic. That's how we all learned to work 20 hours a day, seven days a week from being a deckhand. So 
Let's talk about that for a minute. When, how did you get into fishing? And then we'll talk about the sport boat thing. I know you started, you worked on the Thunderbird for a little while, but how'd you get into fishing? You know, I was, I was a punk on, on, uh, and fishing on the piers, you know, just trying to figure out how to, you know, throw cast and, and find anything that can nibble, whether it's mackerel or tomcat or, you know, graduated to, uh, leopard sharks and, and bat rays. Um, you know, when I was really young, we lived in LA. So I started uh, to get a little taste of uh, what big game fishing was back then. For some of you that remember back in the seventies, uh, Venice pier was known for thresher sharks. So I watched all of that happen as a little kid. And then, uh, the family moved to uh, long beach and then I discovered uh, Belmont pier and I used to ride my bike six miles a day in the dark. And, uh, you know, got on that left tee of that of that Belmont Pier, around that corner there, where it was, that was my secret spot, and uh, we caught everything there. Um, you know, early on, and I just did that almost every day that I can, every day in the summer, and then uh, started to uh, go on the Enterprise, and uh, the uh, which is a half day boat and, and Belmont Pier, and then. The captain back then noticed, you know, I had a little bit of skills and then he uh, asked me to be a deadhead. So I started coming on the boat, fishing for jackpots and then uh, started working a little bit um, as a deckhand and then um, eventually uh, moved over to uh, the Tornado for a little bit. And then Glenn Norwall asked me to, uh, to work on the Thunderbird and I did that uh, for two summers, um, 82, 83 uh, were El Nino years. And, you know, I learned a lot. I burned myself out too, but I learned a lot, but that's sort of the, the quick, uh, you know, the quick hist walk down history memory lane from my teenage years. So how old were you though, when you got to go out on the enterprise the first time to be the pinhead that you had to be pretty young, right? Yeah. I think I was, I think I was 13, 14 because I, I was, I was working on, uh, my two years on the Thunderbird with the late Glenn Norwall was, uh, I think I was 16 and 17. So I remember I was just starting to drive and, um, in the right around 15 or so, um, worked, worked a bit on the tornado. And I was sharing with you, I, was, I worked next to Charles and Randy Tucson at the time. So, uh, you know, two, two familiar names in, in sport boats. And then after 82 and 83, I, I, uh, worked every day for, I think 97 days during the, the yellowfin tuna run or the big eye run and worked every day and, you know, really couldn't fish, just stood, stood on top of the bait tank and cleaned over a hundred yellow fins a day, filleted on the way in. And I burned myself out. And in 84, it was the only year I ever took off of fishing. And, uh, 84, I just kept myself busy with riding motorcycles and skiing and all that. And then, uh, 85, I bought my first private boat, 70 foot whaler. And that, that was the start of my private you know, private boaters sort of career, if you will. Well, let's back up for a second. We jumped ahead so fast. You were talking about riding your bicycle in the dark down to go fishing. Think about children today. I mean, you have kids. I have kids. I have grandkids. Could you imagine letting your child ride their bike in the dark now in <laughs> Southern California? Uh, brother, I've seen a lot of stuff in Long Beach, Belmont Pier area in the dark. <laughs> uh 10 11 12 years old i've seen a lot of stuff a lot of stuff can't be unseen but 
you know, I tell people, you know, the stuff that you do to get a nibble, I'm still doing it today. It's, it's, it's all relative. It's the same thing. The stuff that I'm doing today to try to get a nibble is the same stuff that I was doing when I was 12. Just a different scale, but it's all for the thrill of, of, of fishing. It's the same thing. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. I did a big interview with Michael Folks, and they, he was asking me, what's the, what's the deal? What's it? It's all about a bite. All I want is a bite. I can and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. But man, when we were little kids, all we wanted to do was get down to the pier. I fished the San Clemente Pier growing up. That's where my dad's business was on the end of the pier. And I still remember those are the fondest memories of being a child is growing up, getting down on the pier and getting your spot. Mine was in the corner right underneath my dad's desk. And that's where I fished. And we caught big sheephead and stuff like that underneath the pier. But your spot was on the left-hand corner of the, of the pier. We know it. you and I could go down there right now and it would just bring all those memories would flood back into our heads. I haven't got to see all the cool stuff you've seen, but I've seen a lot of cool stuff. But man, it always comes back to the pier, right? To where we first started. You close your eyes, you think about that, Anthony. It's incredible, right? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> fishing didn't find me after I found success. You know, fishing is part of me and, and really my, you know, the way I live my life is is through fishing. So just it nothing has changed there. Just my my resources and my ability to execute to fish has, has changed, but I didn't find my passion in fishing later in life. It was just, it was part of me for as long as I can remember. Yeah. And we, I talk about this all the time, how important it is to turn our children on to it and our grandchildren and how important fishing is to you and I in our lives. And we've been doing it for a very long time at a pretty high level. You've been doing it at a high, high level, but I've been doing it at a high level, but man, it all comes back to when I was a kid going fishing. And I think it's so important for everybody that's listening to understand, take children fishing gang. It changes everything. Look at, we're talking with Anthony Shea here and he's talking about when he was a little kid, how important it was to get a bite. It is the most important thing to take children fishing. We, we, we need to fish. We need to enjoy the outdoors. There's a growing segment of society that believes that fishing is cruelty to animals. In some states, such as Oregon, is trying to get a law on the ballot, not only to make fishing illegal, but to make fishing a criminal offense. So, you know, society is unfortunately growing in that sector because they do not understand the joy of being an outdoorsman. This is why many of us, you know, have the social responsibility to carry that message out and to make certain that everyone enjoys the outdoors and particularly our ability to fish with our loved ones, our friends, our grandchildren, or anything. It's just really important. It's super important. And I have Frank Lepresti gave me a video and I play it every once in a while on the show. And the, he's been to so many meetings and I know you have too. And it's so weird that the United States of America is on a mission to stop fishing. And I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. As recreational fishermen, you and I, we know we have zero effect of the population of the fish by recreational fishing. And it changes children's lives and it changes friendships and families. And there's so much good stuff that happens. It's amazing. Yeah. For one second, let's run that little clip from Frank just for a second. I just want you guys to see this because Frank's a pretty important person in this industry. Oh, you don't have it. Okay, forget it. I thought he had it. My bad. 
sorry, we had it. I don't know what I did. I probably erased it like a ding dong, but, <laughs> but we had a little cool little clip with Frank Lepresti, but yeah, the most important thing, gang, is to understand that we're under attack here in the United States of America for fishing. It doesn't make any sense. Anthony, you're way deeper inside of the inner circle than I am. What do you think the reason is for this ban on fishing? Well, it's 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 not just an attack towards fishing. It's really, you know, people's uh, uneducated reaction. And this is why, you know, we as sportsmen and, and, and those of us that enjoy the outdoors, we have to share our passion. We have to have more inclusion so that people understand what it is really like to enjoy the outdoors. You know, m- many of these people are hypocrites. You know, they calling, you know, fishing cruel, but they'll walk into a sushi restaurant and eat a dead tuna all day long. So, you know, it's, it's somehow the dead tuna they're eating at the sushi bar didn't suffer but, but then again, us fishermen, because we want to either catch a release or harvest it for our own consumption, that's bad. But it's okay for them to pay for sushi. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And this is where, you know, everyone has to step up and recognize that we are powerful as a community and that we vote. So, you know, I think people just need to understand that, it, you know, you may get your right taken away from you if you don't step up. And and. One of the things that we want to make fishing more visible is for this reason, is we we have a social responsibility to make certain that my great grandchildren are able to go fishing and not get arrested because it's a criminal activity. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We have that clip with Frank real quick. Let's just show that real fast, Anthony, and then you and I'll get back to this. But it's is important to listen to, gang. Frank. Is a concern that some today would like to see no fishing whatsoever anywhere in the United States, especially in California. That is, we we were told that 10 years ago at meetings, that our goal is to see fishing abolished. I pray to God it doesn't happen. Such a phenomenal way to grow up, right, Anthony? Could you imagine if we didn't get to grow up with that? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's been the blessing of my life. And you work very closely with Wayne and everybody over at CCA. And gang, you got to understand, CCA is the only real voice we all have at the table. Like I say all the time, we got to have some voice at the table. They're on a mission to stop fishing. Frank told you, Anthony's backing that up again he's him and frank are way on the inside compared to where i'm at and they know it they're on a mission to stop fishing i had no idea about oregon wanting to pass a law that is cruelty to animals that's ridiculous i had tommy gomes on here a couple weeks ago and him and i were talking about it anthony it's so funny that the united states wants to practice sustainable fishing but then we make it almost impossible for our commercial fishermen to catch fish that live in Southern Cal or in, in the United States. So we export almost all of our seafood from foreign countries that don't practice sustainable fishing 
And then it's like you said, they're hypocrites. They talk out of both sides. They go into the Costco and buy that unsustainable fishing fish. And then they go after you and me for going out on a boat with a smile on our face, catching a fish, whether we eat it or throw it back. It's not relevant. I don't know why they want to shut it down so bad. It's just so sad. And then the thing, cool things you're doing going around the world, showing the fun of fishing and it all started from you down on the pier. It's pretty spectacular. It's pretty amazing. And to think kids can't, to think there could be a time why you and I are alive where kids aren't going to get to do that. That's crazy. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think that will happen if we unite as a community and we do register and vote. That's, that's what's really important here. Um, you know, these, the opposing party is, uh, you know, there's really no use trying to make any logics of it, right? I mean, I, I wish every time they go through the drive through window at Chick-fil-A, there's some dead chickens hung by their feet so they can see, you know, what tor- what torture it is when they drive through the Chick-fil-A window. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just they have nothing else to do. And we just need to stand up and preserve our ability to fish and enjoy our pastime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to switch gears, gang, because Anthony and I could talk about this forever and we try to keep this show as positive as we can. Let's get into something super positive. You left the fishing industry, like you said, and went skiing and motorbike riding and doing all that stuff. Then you got into this financial world, dude. That was kind of a big shift from fishing, right? That was kind of a huge shift. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're only touching on it for a minute. Well, you know, Lasley has a saying that life gets in the way of fishing and, you know, it's, 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 it's true, but I, I, I was fortunately enough to make, you know, a sort of a proper balance between my professional life and uh, my fishing life, as well as my, you know, family life. So I was really fortunate to, uh, to discover uh, technology, uh, particularly financial technology. And uh, over the course of um, my professional journey, I built three companies, uh, exited two of them with successful uh, sales. And my, my current company, uh, which I'm no longer operating day to day, I hired the CEO April of uh, 2022, but I'm still the, the majority uh, shareholder and the chairman of the board. And uh, I just rode the wave of building technology and financial services for three decades. And you did it at a very, very good level. That was pretty spectacular to watch a fisherman pulling that off. I mean, that's pretty spectacular. That was pretty spectacular. And then there's a thing that happened that I am so proud to be a part of. And I and I wear it right on the front of my chest all the time, being a part of War Heroes on Water and this organization, Freedom Alliance, and all the different things that it they do for war heroes and then you stepping up and doing what you're doing and allowing me to be a part of it. I want to get into this for a little while because you're, we're saving people's lives on a daily basis and we don't even know it because they're doing way more for us than we're doing for them. I, my heart is bigger than it's ever been since you let me be in on a part of this thing. So let's talk about how you got involved with war heroes. Well, I'm a civilian so never been in the service. <clears throat> my best friend, my late best friend, Ron Eshamini, was a, a, a Green Beret in the uh, Vietnam era. He really never talked about, you know, his time uh, in the service or, you know, his time <clears throat> at battle. And uh, I started to take a few vets fishing eight or nine years ago. 
Um, and uh, once I got to know these men and women, uh, I was just hooked. Um, you know, as a businessman, you know, you, 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 you think you know commitment, teamwork, sacrifice, collaboration, communications, working in rhythm and watching each other and making sure that uh, someone has your back and you have uh, the person next to you, you know, you have their back. But all of that uh, was a complete sort of allergic reaction to me to uh, learn um, of our heroes, our military men and women, and how they think. Uh, if the scale on a, on a warlike commitment was 1 to 10, you would learn a 15 from being around these men and women. I mean, they don't complain. They're missing a leg. They're missing an ear. You know, brain's fluid is leaking out. The shoulder is bad. They don't have any legs. And guess what? They don't complain. I complain when the Starbucks line is too long. <laughs> these guys, you know, these guys are just steadfast. They're appreciative, you know, and they'll tell you, hey, I lost both of my legs and I would do it all over again, even if I knew I was going to lo lose my legs. And I asked them why. And all of them have the same exact answer. And that is because I do it for the perfect purpose to defend my country. And I just, I just, I can't even talk about this without getting emotional. These guys are just, they're freaking incredible humans. And it gives a new meaning to, you know, land of the brave, you know, and the home of the free. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's really amazing. And, um, and, and of course they, 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 they really struggle with PTSD and they struggle with, you know, fitting back into society. What civilians don't understand is that, you know, the war is over, but not in their head. They, they, they have such scars and these scars are real. I've seen them. I, I've seen some of my friends now go down emotionally for three days where they just, they can't even walk. They're just completely just destroyed. And it takes a long period of time to get them back so that they're even functioning for the day. So, you know, we just wanted to, in a little bit, use utilizing fishing to bring them some love and support and a sense of community to show them that we as civilians care. And what we found as a surprise, as Dave will tell you, is that it changed the civilian lives just as much as it changed the vets' lives. And, you know, during the year, you know, I had many, they all have our phone numbers, they have Dave's phone number. And when they get down, you know, what I just described, because of the relationships and friendships that we form, they call us and we tell them, look, before you do anything stupid, just call us. So over the course of the year, I've flown people in and had them be guests at my house and have them stay with me just because I want to make sure that they don't do anything stupid. So it's just been a wonderful event. I think we're on our seventh year now. Every year we've written, you know, the last three years, we've raised over a million dollars for the cause and we've taken a hundred plus uh, military men and women wounded uh, and love them for four days and take them out fishing. It's an incredible event, gang. If you've ever, if you have an opportunity to be a part of this, Anthony makes and Rod Halperin, everything, all hail to Rod because he works so hard behind the scenes making this happen. But you and Rod have opened this up for the public. You do a beautiful parade through Newport Harbor Everybody can be involved at any level you want. You can donate. That helps out the cause tremendously. This is a year-round thing. This isn't just war heroes. You can donate today. You can donate tomorrow. You can get set up to donate every month. Whatever level you want to be involved with this. But, gang, you, when you come and you see the parade in Newport Harbor, 
it's going to be hard not to have a tear coming out of your eyes because these men and women stand on the bow of each one of these yachts as we drive through the harbor. And the thing I've heard from most of them, and I'm sure you have too, is they had no idea that this many people cared about them. And you'd allowing this to come right up in the front of everybody in Newport has done so much to change all these men and women's lives. But me and Laz and, and uh, Beak and Cor- Corby, Colby Durbin and Jimmy, we all tell you, you they are, we tell them they changed our lives tremendously. I know we give compared to what they've done. We did nothing, but it does unbelievable amount. I'm, I'm trying not to be too emotional, but it, the amount of emotion that comes out of this is just mind boggling. You don't even know you own this emotion until you're there. Yeah. I mean, every year, Dave, I mean, once, <clears throat> once we get done with the year's event, I shut down for three days because I am emotionally spent. I mean, you just can't, you really can't even function for, for three days. And I'm, I'm emotional. I'm pretty tough, but right. you know, after this event, I'm just, I'm down for three days. So it's just, it just takes a lot uh, out of you in a, in a, in a, in a very, very good way, but your emotional gas gas tank is completely on empty. I mean, two years ago, the winner, the high angler winner came up on the podium and said, when I was in the military, I was somebody. When I came back to society, I am a nobody. And today, God damn it, I feel like a somebody again. That, that just, that killed me. Yeah, it killed all of us in the audience that night. That was insane. Gang, we're going to take a break for a real, real quick second. I want to show you something about these deckhand bags. And then I want to tell Anthony a story he probably doesn't even know about how important this event is to me so show let's see this deckhand bag real quick i want you to see it the design in this thing is absolutely incredible So that's an incredible design bag. We showed that to Lasley last week. He was pretty impressed the way that Dave put those, like they're almost like bin boards. The ribs inside there keeps that fish out of that water, keeps it up high so it stays nice and fresh. And then it has tie downs everywhere. And you as a private boat owner, you know, there's every boat's different. You never know how you're going to tie that bag down. There's so many ways to tie it down now. These guys went way beyond Anthony making this bag. It's a pretty cool bag. Yeah, it looks awesome. And they got many, many products, gang. Check out Deccan Sports. Go check it out. Elliot will throw the QR code up there. You guys get a great discount by being members of your saltwater guide. You get 15% off on the bag. Plus, Dave's on here right now. He'll answer the questions while we're talking. If you have any questions, you can check it out. Dave always watches the shows, and he's on here right now watching. And uh, you can ask him any question you want while Anthony and I are talking, but what a beautiful bag. Thank you, Dave, for making that for us and changing how we take care of our fish. It's super important to make sure the fish are taken well care of. What I wanted to tell you, Anthony, was at War Heroes, the first year, the inaugural year, 
you told me that I was allowed to bring my father. It was incredible. My dad was a veteran. My dad came. He sat at the table right in the middle. Everybody came up and talked to him. But then you, my dad idolized you. He was so happy when you had your boat at the harbor down there in Dana Point. And uh, he thought it was so cool that Anthony Shea had his boat at my dad's docks. And I, I mean, you and I, we both know what my father meant. But then you took that half an hour time and you sat there and you talked to him. And it was just an incredible event. And it'll always be that way for me because my dad and then the war heroes and all the great war heroes I got to meet. So I just wanted to thank you because I never personally thanked you for that. You don't need to thank me, David. It was, you know, it was my honor, man. The guy is iconic. He's 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 a legend. He's iconic. So, for a guy like me that grew up fishing the pier, to 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 have this man, you know, in front of me at my home, it's 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 my honor, complete honor. And uh, the stuff that he's done for our industry and for fishing in general, you know, I mean, we 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 owe a, a big big debt to to to, to men like that. They don't make them like that anymore. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's for dang sure. But let's get back into War Heroes. So there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that most people don't understand. And Anthony, I think it's really important because we have you here today. We need more boats because we are on a mission to take more War Heroes fishing next year than we ever have before. And we don't want to leave anybody on the dock. So talk about that for a few minutes if you could, Anthony. So, you know... What makes this possible is our ability to attract boats and boats, particularly over 35 or 38 feet. What has made this special is this is more than a fishing tournament because it allows two to three vets to stay with their team on the boat for three to four days. It is actually a five day event. It kicks off at my house. And then we go through boarding on Saturday, and then we do the tournament awards on Tuesday. So every year, and please understand this, everybody, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to to to, to do this. If you have a yacht and it's being tied up at the at the, at the end of September and it's sitting in your slip, shame on you. Really is shame on you. I'll pay for the fuel. I'll find a crew. Let let allow us to take two or three more vets. For example, last year we had to pick 125 vets. And because we want to help new vets, we had to turn away re returning vets. You, you, you get that? So returning vets, we have to say, okay, we're only going to bring 40% back as returning vets because we want to introduce 60% of new vets coming in. The problem is we're now seven years old. Everybody wants to come back. And they're looking at this as something that they look forward to every year. They count down. And I have six or seven call me and say, Anthony, I'm so disappointed. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you, I, they, didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't pick me. I, I won't see you this year because we don't have enough boats. And then I see all these beautiful boats in the harbor tied up during you know, War Heroes on Water. Come on, man. Put your boat in. We'll pay for the fuel. We'll, we'll just let us have your boat so we can take two to three additional war heroes on your boat. And we may save a life. We may save a man or woman that is a dad and a mom to kids. 
So it's just really important that don't let your yacht sit in the slip, please. It's super important. I like in the parade, we drive around and we see all the boats tied up to the dock. It doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of people watching today. And hopefully everybody that's watching this can do Anthony and I a huge favor. What Anthony just said is super important. If you hit that share button on the bottom, you don't know who's going to see this. With the social media coverage that you all have, I mean, I have a little coverage. Anthony has a little coverage. But with all of you that are watching right now, just hit the share button on the bottom. It's going to go out like a spider web. And we're going to touch a whole bunch of yacht owners. And we need all of you to help us because, like Anthony said, it's terrible to get that phone call that we left one of those men or women standing on the dock because we didn't have enough boats, which shouldn't happen in Southern California. Like Anthony said, there's so many boats. And gang, I'm an alternate captain. I've been a part of it the whole time, but I fly in from Cabo. When Rod says, I got a boat for you, I split. I leave right away. I come up there. We have deckhands all standing by. We, we can dial in your boat with the crew. Don't be, don't be overwhelmed. I don't know how to fish. I don't know how to do this. We got captains and crews that are coming that are going to make you look like the greatest fisherman in the world. But that's not what it's about. It's about not leaving these men or women standing on the dock. Exactly. And Dave will tell you the relationships that he's formed and, 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 and how he feels as a civilian being next to these heroes. It brings out a whole new side of humanity that we didn't even understand. No, we, it's so special to be a part of it, gang, and at any level. But if you have a boat or you know someone with a boat, make sure they watch this and understand where we're coming from and how important it is because we don't want to leave anybody on the dock this year. And we'll be talking more and more about it. I'll be bringing some of the war heroes on the show like I did last year. We'll bring Rod in. We'll, we're constantly talking about this on the show all the time, Anthony. Let, it's just not today because you're here. It's all the time because this is so special to me, to my heart. And I just give my time and my effort and my comedy relief to the guys when they're on the boat with me. I'm, I'm on. I'm, I'm the showman the whole time. I, I love being with the guys and making them laugh. <laughs> Yes, you are. And everybody is still talking about your, you know, your uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, your, your show <laughs> on the back of the 144 that year in Catalina. That right there. That's it. That's it. I don't know if, if anybody recorded that. I, I hope somebody did and we can play it. I look, I I was laughing so hard. I was literally rolling on the deck and everybody else was, too. He, Dave got going and he wouldn't stop. He just kept going. Yeah, they, I felt that's the least I can do is give back to these men and women. I mean, there's everybody watching me getting ready to get up there to talk. It's, it's, it was, a, yeah, it was incredible. It was so fun. I totally enjoyed it. I'm so happy that you guys let me be a part of it every year since then. It's just super special to me, super special to my heart. And gang, I hope you all understand what we're talking about. And uh, Elliot will be throwing up the QR code if you want to get involved and donate and anything you need. If you don't can't get a hold of uh, Rod or anybody, you can always call me. My phone number is everywhere, 949-374-0786. I'll get you in touch with whoever you need to get in touch with to make sure that you're a part of this this year. Do you have the dates yet? For when we're doing this? There, there is. We're going to be announcing it. Um, it is going to be, I believe, the third week of September. It'll be published on the website soon. 
warheroesonwater.com. All the information that you need to know is on that site, including how to connect with Rod and some of the volunteers, warheroesonwater.com. And it takes a village to do this, gang. We have so much stuff going on. We have a heck of a party in Catalina. We have a heck of a party at your house. And we have a heck of a party at the awards banquet. And all this takes a bunch of volunteers and it costs a phenomenal amount of money. So anything you can do to help this cause, it'll touch your heart. It'll touch the war heroes' hearts. You'll, you, Like Anthony said, you don't even know. You're probably going to save someone's life which is a big thing to think about. It could be a mom or a dad. I love when you said that. Absolutely. We don't know what we're well, doing. Well, I, I want to share one more thing and then yeah. you can change the topic if you like. Um, so one of the, one of the winners uh, that, that fished with me uh, came up to me. It was actually the year we jumped in the water, Dave. <laughs> he, came, he came up to me and he said, you know, Mr. Shea, can I have a, a, a word with you? I said, sure. So I went, I went to the side. And he says, is it, is it possible for me to, at my own dime, you know, I'll fly to wherever you are. I just want 15 minutes. If I can just have my 10-year-old son shake your hand at some point in the future. I said, of course. I said, of course. It'd be, it'd be my pleasure. And he said to me, Mr. Shea, I want my son to know and meet the man who saved his dad's life. Yeah pretty pretty real he's not telling me that because he's he wants to sell me something he's you know he, he's he's not he's not a drama queen he's not saying that he authentically is struggling to take his own life and this event over four days loved and hugged and we had fun and high-fived and we caught fish and he was out in the ocean he watched the sunset watched the sunrise hear the wake of the boat and that changed him. And he's now doing okay. They're never going to be doing fine. Right. They're going to be doing okay. Anyways, I, I just, I just want to share some of the powerful things that happen. And one of the things I really love about what you do too is like you were saying, and I know the guys that you brought in and set your plane to go get them and go save their lives. They're, they're sitting there in their living room and they reach out and they call you and you don't just go, Oh, okay. I, I feel for you. You, you send the plane, you go get these guys, you fly them to your house, you fly them to where you're fishing, whatever you, I can't even gang. I'm just trying to make you understand that there's a lot more to Anthony than what you guys are seeing on social media. This man gives back like you can't even comprehend. And this war heroes thing is so special. And when these guys come to talk to me or call me and go, Anthony sent the plane to my, and picked me up and took me to his house. That's incredible. Who Nobody does that. That's just insane. And I know you don't need the accolades, but I think people that are watching and listening need to hear what's going on, gang. That's the man that we were interviewing right now. And what he's done is put this War Heroes on Water thing together and probably one of the most prime times to go get a swordfish. And we're going to jump into that in a minute. But yeah, you're a surface swordfish guy in September, October, November. That's kind of prime time for doing that. And you stop life and you give back like nobody. We can't comprehend the amount you give back. It's so special. And I'm so proud to be able to call you a friend because what you've done is just incredible. It opened my eyes up to this thing and so many other people that we didn't even know the struggles 
these men and women were going through until we got involved. And thank you for that. Thank uh, you. Hey, thank thank you, you, man. I mean, look, I, I'm just an ideas guy. It's guys like you that make it happen. So, you know, it's, it's a team effort. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty special. Look at that. That's, that was a pretty special day. Just all the time we get to spend with the men and women. It's just incredible. Uh, Mark, Mike Nars, what good friend of mine. I remember when you took us all to the stadium and you made him speak on the, down there at, uh, in Miami. And yeah. we all went down there and stayed in your box. Oh my yeah. God. What an incredible night that was. And those guys, they were just hugging and so stoked. And then we were razzing Mike so much when you made him speak on the public announcement. That was just a special night. The things you do are just absolutely incredible. And I know you don't, you don't look for the accolades, but I'm giving them to you right now. It's an incredible time to be involved with you. So thank you so much for that. You're very welcome. So, thank you. So we talked about it for a second. I kind of brought it up. Surface swordfish, gang. There's a lot of you that are into this deep drop swordfish thing, and that's a cool fishery. But Anthony has taken this uh, surface swordfish thing to a whole different level, gang. If you haven't ever seen one on the surface, there's a reason for that because you don't spend the time in the gyro stabilizing binoculars staring at water for it. Go ahead, listen to this. Started metering, uh, blue marlin on the sonar, and then all of a sudden, OB from down here starts screaming swordfish. And there it is, high and dry, a two fitter. circus act this is not the right boat for us we don't really have the gear set up we don't have any light bait but we gave it a shot we ended up using a pitch bait put it on the rigger pulled it by three or four times and just like typical swordfish not wanted nothing to do with us i think with the appropriate setup light bait and uh, pitching from the front we might have gotten a reaction but uh you know typical swordfish typical conditions black calm it's up sunny Couple of boats already have two fish each for the day. In the last two days, is I can't even explain it. Nine for 19 in the last two days. My legs are feeling it after uh, catching nine fish. Anyways, happy to be here, excited to be here, and wish us luck. So I know you're uh, traveling around the world catching blue and black marlin, but there's something inside you that is super addicted to that swordfish surface bite, that finding that fish. How many pairs of gyro stabilizing binoculars do you have on the boat? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have uh, at least eight pairs with six guys, five guys full-time in them, well, one of them being being Steve. But I have a I, I cheat. I have a great advantage. You know, one of, one of the greatest fishermen in definitely one of the greatest sore fishermen of all time is my captain. And that's the great Steve Lasley. So everything is easier with Steve. So, you know, he just makes, you know, he just makes it look easy. Well, we were blessed to have Steve on the show a couple of weeks ago. And gang, what you don't understand is Anthony's got to fish all over the world for all kinds of stuff, but there's nothing that he enjoys more than throwing a bait on a sur surface swordfish kind of, 
try to explain to everybody what, because a lot of people, they see the deep drop in Florida and they see the deep drop in Texas and they see the deep drop now here on the West Coast, but people don't quite understand what it's like to have that fish swimming around in circles around your bait and just hoping that you get at that bite. Yeah, the, 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 the biggest difference is, you know, fishing's fishing. So it's, it's, it's always fun. But when, when you have fishing that is visual, uh, it, it takes it to a, a different element, right? That's one of the reasons that fishing for billfish, as well as, you know, other sort of uh, fishing that is visual, whether it's for tarpon or, 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 or something like that, you know, visual fishing just gives you an, an additional sort of, you know, awakening, if, if, you, if you will, right? So the difference between swordfish, surface swordfish, and striped marlin, sailfish, blue marlin, or black marlin is that usually billfish gets lit up, you know, if they're interested in, in eating or at least killing. And you, you maintain that interest for a little while, and then they, they go away. With a surface swordfish, it's completely in reverse. When you find them visually, they are not interested in eating. And that's why the deep drop fishery is so successful in all oceans of the world now. Even in the Indian Ocean, this deep drop method has really spread out and cross-pollinated to all areas of the world. I have friends that are in the Indian Ocean, in the Maldives, that are catching two, three, four swordfish a day deep dropping. Now, they're having a blast, absolutely having a blast. So the entire world is recognizing a new fishery, and it's fun, and they fight great. But a surface swordfish, when they're on top, they're not up there to eat. They are up there to sun themselves, to re-energize. And they're up there actually to poop. I've, we've seen them brown up the water. And as soon as they get done doing their business, they go right back down. So to get them, to entice them, to get upset and pissed off and angry enough where they go after a bait that is casted at them is really a skillful art. It's to position the boat on a moving boat with two, three, four, five, six knots of wind and a moving fish. Swordfish is not like a, a striped marlin. They don't sit there like a sleeper. They're swimming around constantly to, to use energy and to pick up energy from the sun and to tie it to, into a bite and to ultimately catch it. Uh, it's just quite a challenge. It's a, it's a very difficult fishery and the odds are against you, but uh, that's what makes it fun. And it's all, I had Jimmy Kingsmill on here a couple times on the podcast and it's all 90% of that sort there, there you go. There's, there's a good day. There's a couple 90% of that is eyeball. You got to be staring at water. Like you said, you got five guys on your boat staring at water all day to look for two little sticks sticking up gang. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Steve, you know, I mean, it's, it's all Steve. He, he, he constructs the teams. He puts the team together. Um, you know, he creates the right type of competitive, uh, spirit on the boat where these guys are trying to outdo each other. You know, some of these guys on a five day trip, don't even touch a rod and reel. They're just, uh, you know, staring down a gyro eight, 10 hours a day. And they're trying to outdo each other. And we generally see between two or three a day. And, um, you know, sometimes we see them as far as two and a half miles, but usually they're between one and two, one and two miles. And the guys in a bucket, have an advantage just because of this, the, the, the circular shape of, 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 uh, of the world, having the additional height really helps. So talk about this for a minute. How many swordfish have you thrown a bait on? Oh gosh, David. Yeah. So I, I, I will tell you that I hooked, I hooked 70 and I caught 10 
And I would say um, one out of four, one out of five will bite for us. We, we, we've gotten a lot better. It used to be one out of six, one out of seven. But now, you know, I picked up a few tricks where I can kind of trigger a reaction. So that's what you hear me talk about all the time. It's not triggering them to eat. It's just to trigger a reaction. It's just to piss them off. <laughs> when that fish turns on your bait, it's got it. It's got to be the most electrifying thing in your life, right? Because you're standing up there, and you guys have spent so many days and so many, so many gallons of fuel looking for that fish. When he turns on your bait, how electrifying is that? Uh, it's just it's complete nirvana. It's uh, it's. The, the highest level of, of of addiction there is, and I and I will tell you, I, I love Blue Marlin, and obviously I'm I'm pretty addicted to the World Tour. But I will tell you, if you take a three to four hundred pound Blue Marlin, and you tie it to the tail, to a swordfish that's exactly the same weight, it does not have a chance. It will be drugged backwards so fast it would drown. A swordfish will absolutely just destroy it. <laughs> That's incredible, gang. You, if you've seen some of these blue marlin that Anthony's been catching on this world tour trip, you'll be blown away that that swordfish is more powerful than that blue marlin. But it's true. They're, they're just a, a warrior. They're just full-on gladiator of the ocean. They're some of the most gnarliest fish. They can hunt down two, 3,000 feet, and then they can be right on the surface 10 minutes later hunting. These are amazing, amazing animals. And the addiction is real. It's about as real as it gets with you, right? Yeah, they're tanks, man. They're they're absolute tanks. They're not fast. You know, they don't jump a lot. They do jump, but not a lot. But uh, they, they are just tanks. And they, they get into their kind of their cruise control. And that's why you hear these these stories. Guys are, you know, fight these fish for 10 hours, 20 hours just to bust them off because you know, I, I hooked the biggest one I hooked was 500 plus and I, I pulled on it for four and a half hours. And that was about four years ago. I can tell you if that hook didn't pull four and a half years later, I still be pulling on it. <laughs> crazy, crazy. But what an addiction, though, because that when you see that and that fish is so purple, it's hard to imagine how purple it is until you're on the boat and you're looking down on it. And this thing is just purple, purple, purple. And you guys and everyone's like, how have we not seen one? It's because you don't look in the binoculars. You got to, Anthony will tell you, they're committed. Steve puts together a hell of a team, but you never see one of those guys take their eyes out of those binoculars. Uh, oh, no, it's, it's, it's on. It's, it, it's, it's on. Everyone is working for, for certain. If you, if you don't work, you don't, you don't come on Steve's boat. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the – we got about – Tim, I can't believe we blew through 50 minutes already. We've got about 10 minutes. Let's talk about this, what's going on right here, the world tour. This is incredible. Like Steve said, he is so lucky to be a part of this. And, be, and it's because of you and your passion for fishing. Think about this, gang. Off the pier. Now listen to what Anthony's got going on on this world tour. Go ahead. Let them all in on it. Well, you know, we're a year and a half into it. And it's... uh we just had just this morning, uh, we started officially started Lake seven. Lake seven is pretty serious and that's, uh, going to cover Ascension Island. Uh, we're going to be fishing Ascension Island, hopefully 30 days from now because of the 150, the picture you see there, uh, left, uh, Fort Lauderdale at noon today. Uh, so they're on a 6,000 mile journey. 
But the objective of the world tour is for uh, a group of guys led by me and my team uh, for us to see and spend time in all six different hemispheres in the three major oceans that we have split by the equator. You got north of the equator, south of the equator. And uh, we want to spend substantial time, uh, about 100 days if we can, but certainly 75 days, northern Indian, southern Indian, North Atlantic, South Atlantic, and North Pacific and South Pacific. Uh, We believe that the fish stocks are completely separate above and below the equator. We also believe that um, the food chains work uniquely different in both of the equators. And the three oceans are very, very different in how they operate, how they cleanse themselves. We have not been into Indian yet. I'm fascinated by the Indian. The Indian does not have a northern uh, influence. Uh, You know, in the Pacific, we have Alaska. Um, In Atlantic, you know, we have Canada. Um, You know, in the Indian, the top of the Indian is uh, is actually India. So um, there's amazing water there. There's uh, blue and blacks. It's off, uh, you know, the Amazon rainforest. So there's a lot of things there that's uh, fascinating to me, and I want to spend some some time there. But when this is all over, we want to uh, hopefully um, be uh, one of the first to really experience all the major oceans of the world. And while we're at it, trying to understand uh, the ocean and hopefully uh, see some big fish along the way. Uh, we've had uh, a very good year this year. Uh, we've had some challenges with with mechanical stuff, but this year we uh, we ended up with 142 billfish, uh, including the one surface sword this year. But out of the 141 uh, blue and black marlin, uh, 68 or over 500 pounds. So uh, it's just uh, something that uh, you know we're we're we're, we're going to try to do through 2026. You know, we're spending 140 days uh, a year away from our family, away from our life just so that we can gain this type of experience. And we're documenting all of it uh, with uh, great videos that my team is putting together. So it'd be, you know, videos that, uh, you know, the next few generations can go back and access and, and to see some of the adventures that we were, you know, very lucky and fortunate to, to experience. Yeah. Elliot's throwing up your uh, social media platform there. Gang, you can follow what Anthony's doing and Steve and the rest of the gang. Dave Lasley is putting together a phenomenal library of some of the most incredible videos. Cause he, let's be honest. He's, his dad is like the mad scientist efficient and David grew up with him. So he can see which way the fish is going before the fish even knows he's going that way. So the, the, the drone footage and all the stuff he gets is stuff no one's ever seen before. So you're putting together one heck of a library for all of us to follow. This is just incredible. And having the scientist Steve with you is incredible for you because I don't think there's too many people that can dissect the ocean as well as Steve. No, Steve is a constant student. You know, he never stops learning and he does, he does a lot of homework and uh, you know, none of this is possible, you know, without a great team. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the ideas man. And ultimately, you know, you know, all the guys on the team, including on the yacht team that takes care of the support vessels and uh, Tanner and David, uh, who put together these amazing videos. David's got just this incredible eye for really wildlife videography. 
And then, you know, Kevin Bohannon has been an amazing, he's the MVP. He's the most valuable player for sure. Without Kevin, this tour would be dead. Um, so, you know, every, everybody has their positions. Um, and, uh, we're, we're, we're very lucky. We're very lucky to have everybody uh, together and, uh, and having a team feel and, you know, having a solid team that trusts each other and can function with each other 24 seven for three straight weeks is very important. Yeah. Like you said, Steve put together one hell of a team and yeah, you guys are together, no sleep, staring at binoculars all day. You better be able to get along with each other when you're traveling all over the world like that. It's pretty important. I love your look. I love your team. GT. People don't understand, but that's what you guys are saying all the time. G team, go team, GT. It's a big deal. It's a big, big thing going on on your uh, world tour. It's, it's incredible to watch. And I'm so happy to be able to see it through your guys's eyes because it's, there's a lot of stuff there. None of us would ever see if it wasn't for you. So thank you very much for bringing us along with this trip. It's pretty bitching. My pleasure, man. It's been a lot of fun. So gang, we're coming to the end of our, um, podcast here with anthony if there's anybody that has a burning question you could throw it up there on the screen real quick we'll we'll answer it real quick but just um where you guys are headed in the next you said 30 days hopefully you'll be there talk about that area because that's insane if people can think about it. no one's fished there in eight years is what yeah. you me before we went live so ascensions is south equator south atlantic ocean you guys can google it it's a little rock uh less than three miles wide it's uh currently occupied by the british military that's in collaboration with the u.s military they decided to close down the airstrip uh about seven seven and a half years ago so no one's been able to fly in there although they reopened the the, the airstrip now in the airport but they're not allowing civilian aircraft to go in there's only about three thousand habitants there um that live on the island uh, that keep the, the the military stuff going and our contractors building different types of stuff for the British military. And uh, so the only way to get there is you have to either fly to St. Helena, which is 700 miles, 700 nautical miles south, or fly into Ivory Coast, where you can see it on the map there, which is uh, uh, off to uh, to the east there, to the northeast there. That's 1,000 miles. So the 150 now is going to track... Uh, to Cape Verde takes 10 days and then from Cape Verde to uh, Ascension which is another five days and then they're going to have to wait out the the weather and hopefully the weather is not you know is sufficient enough so they can crane and deploy the 33 foot LNH that's 15,000 pounds but uh, if it's not <clears throat> if they're not able to do that they're going to have to haul tail to the Ivory Coast which is a thousand nautical miles that's where I'm going to fly into they're going to get into the port where there's calm water and then deploy the LNH. And then we're going to have to tow it back to Ascension for a thousand nautical miles. So the bottom line is there's a lot at stake here. There's a lot of work to be done, lots of traveling just to, just to be able to, to fish one of the most pristine areas of the world. This is one of the few islands that you can catch yellowfin tuna in the surf. <coughs> so these guys get catching yellowfin tunas, casting a popper. From either the cliff or the beach. Oh wow, that's insane! Look at that place. Is that's pretty remote. That's in the middle of nowhere. That's going to be quite the adventure. Pretty exciting stuff. Thank, 
Thank you, Elliot, for putting that map together. I would have never known where the place was if you hadn't have done that for me. It's almost, what, it's just a little bit below the equator? Yeah, seven south. And uh, the, 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 the prime fishing months is uh, December, January, February, and a little bit into March. And now with the help of Starlink, we're going to be uh, you know, broadcasting live. So hopefully we get a real one on and, and we can uh, share it with everybody. Oh my gosh, that'll be so fun. So how do we how do we follow you? You and I know, but tell everybody there's a lot of people driving in their cars that don't get to watch this because we're on every podcast carrier. So we we are gonna broadcast live on Instagram. We're gonna try to figure out how to broadcast live on Facebook, but it's back company fishing adventures. Our YouTube channel is more for our episodes, so it doesn't have up-to-date information. It just has a you know pretty sophisticated and elegant episodes that uh, david and tanner put together for everybody's enjoyment but if you want to follow the team back company fishing adventures on instagram or facebook you make sure you guys follow because you won't believe the cool stuff going on and as you look at their youtube channel you'll be blown away with the the videos videography is incredible you got a great team working on that like i said david lasley is just right there moving before the fish moves he's in front of it all the time the the footage that you guys have when you were casting on that swordfish, that was so incredible. My my heart was palpitating just watching it. It was so, so real and so incredible. And you watch that fish circle around your bait. And then you see that, that you're like, oh, man, he didn't eat it again. And then you recast. It was so fun to watch. Yeah, cool. they all have personalities, man. And many of them have glided right underneath my feet on that pulpit and turned sideways with those big old eyeballs and look at me three feet away. I've had six or seven do that in, in, in my lifetime where they actually swim towards me in a very glide fashion and just turn on their side and look at me with their big eyeballs three feet b- beneath me. <laughs> and go, not today, buddy. Uh, they're, not today. Yeah, they're, they're communicating. They're, they're not being nice at that point. One of, our, one of our viewers, Nicholas, was asking, are you looking for IGFA world record fish? What, what is the real goal here? No, not really. I think I think you know uh, chasing you know world records with line class records is is fun, and maybe I'll do that. You know, maybe when I when I become a real senior. But uh, uh, you know, for now, I, I just I'm gonna go after my lifetime fish, and I don't want to hook it on anything lighter than 130. I've seen some of those animals out there. The one we've seen in Azores, we call the 1200, but it could be much much bigger than that. That thing was four feet across. And it's just it, it. The reason why I missed the lure is because at eight and a half knots, it pushes such a massive wake, it throws the lures to one side. It, it couldn't catch the lure. It was that big. Wow, and that's embedded in the back of your brain. You see it every time you close your eyes, just like those swordfish. Yeah, when you have something four and a half feet trying to chase a lure, and he's trying to eat a proper, which is coming up behind it and following it, and sticking that bill up and opening its mouth. There's so much violence with water. The lure doesn't track straight. That is incredible. That is, I can't wait to see that video. So, gang, I'm going to ask Anthony one more question because I already had him on here longer than I, I told him it'd be an hour. We're an hour and two minutes. And I know your time's super special, Anthony. But if we could leave everybody with one thought about fishing, do you have one thought you want to leave everybody with? I think... It's yeah, important. just get 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 out there. Get 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 out there. We all have complications in life. 
We all have responsibilities, but uh, do what you can to get out there because I can guarantee you tomorrow you're one day older. Thank you so much for your time, Anthony. Everybody that watched the show today, thank you very much. Dave over at Deckhand Sports, thank you for all your support. Everybody, thank you for watching the show. Thanks for being a part of us. Remember, share this. It's important. The message that we talked about today, the, they want to close fishing, war heroes on water. These are super important issues that you need to share this video with everybody. Thank you all very, very much. Have a wonderful holiday. I'm going to try to put together a little show for you on Christmas Day just to thank everybody. Kelly and I will be here for you. But thank you all very, very much. And we'll be back with you on Tuesday with another live show, Promar USA Tuesday. Thank you, Anthony. From Thanks, the bottom Dave. of my heart, this couldn't have been more special. Thank you. Right on. Thank Thanks, you, Elliot. Thank Thanks, Dave.